Welcome back for another episode of the Blacksburg Buzz. I'm your host, Kyle Bean. Today, we're going to be covering the men's loss to Syracuse and the women's basketball loss to Notre Dame. Two really tough ones for Hokie fans. You'd like to see both teams perform a little bit better on the road as the ACC tournaments are coming up for both squads. So we'll go ahead and jump into the men's loss. 84-71 on the road against Syracuse. Tech historically has been pretty bad in the JMA wireless dome. They haven't won there since January 7th of 2020. So been just over four years since the Hokies have won at Syracuse's home arena. This year, no exception. First half, the Hokies went down big. They got outscored 27 to 45 in the first 20 minutes. They just couldn't make anything, and Syracuse was filthy. It felt like the Orange were hitting every shot from everywhere. We always know Syracuse is one of those teams that can really shoot, and they did it again this year. It was just ridiculous. They were shooting the lights out of the dome, literally. It they couldn't miss is how it felt watching that game you know way up in New York they were just on a heater there in the dome the Hokies on the other hand couldn't do anything Judah Mintz for the Orange had 16 in the first half he was cooking and he would cook in the second half as well second half Tech they were able to reel it in quite a bit from down 21 to down seven. They made a couple really good runs. You know, they strung together two, three baskets here, two, three baskets there, and they really started to make something of this game. It was a lot closer than we expected. If you were watching that first half and looking at the score, you went, wow, this is a blowout. But the Hokies were able to reel it in pretty significantly and actually make this a ball game on the scoreboard. But once again, they weren't able to close out on the road. It really just fell apart. They didn't have the juice to finish out. If they did play a little bit better in clutch time late in that second half, I think they definitely could have come back and won this game. But the last three minutes, the last five minutes, they were atrocious. They only scored six points in the last five minutes, I believe two in the last three, three and a half. So it was just that that crunch time. It just wasn't there for Tech. Six points in five minutes, end of the game, you're down seven. You need a little bit better than that if you want to close out. So the Hokies, they just couldn't finish that one. Ended up losing 84 to 71. Syracuse, they shot 57% for the game, 31% from three and 100% from the free throw line. Both squads made every single free throw. There were 15 in total, 12 for Syracuse, 3 for the Hokies. All of them were sunk. Virginia Tech shooting 49% from the field and 30% from three. So when you look at those two, they're really not that far off from each other, which was surprising watching the game. But it was really that those couple Hokies runs where they made everything. That balanced out the shooting. Other than that, they were having a lot of trouble. And just 
seeing Syracuse make a couple more field goals and quite a few more free throws was really the difference in this game on the board. In terms of the top performers, Judah Mintz, he cooked all day. 29 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals as well. He was active on both sides of the floor. And J.J. Starling, 13 points, pretty good night from him. 6 rebounds and 5 assists on top. Malik Brown had 12, 8, and 2 steals. Good on both ends as well, seeing a pattern here. And Kadir Copeland, 12 points, 4 assists. So really four guys in double-digit scoring there for the Orange. Judah Mintz, though, was the guy that made it happen. For the Hokies, Padula, 18 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. He just had some trouble. He Padula's looking tired, and you can tell. He's been playing a lot of minutes, and his usage has been really really high this year he's running the offense whenever he's on the floor and he's taking most of the shots Padula is really having to do a lot of the work here for the Hokies just over the course of the whole season but especially since ACC play has started he's had to take a brunt of the work and it seems like we can see that wearing on him over time uh, Lynn Kidd had 16 and 8 rebounds. Decent night from him. Couture had 12 points, 4 assists, a block, and 2 steals. As always, great night on defense for Hunter Couture. The offense wasn't there like we've seen from him at his best, but not a terrible night. And then Melagel Poteet, 11 points and 6 rebounds. couple notes from the game. JMA is huge 20,000 fans in attendance at this week's game so you know bigger crowd than usual for the Hokies but nonetheless they just haven't performed up in Syracuse and they didn't do it again this time turnovers they hurt a lot uh, 10 turnovers led to 18 points for the Orange that was one of the big difference makers we've seen the Hokies struggle quite a bit with turnovers this year especially Padula, you can't really blame him when he's getting, he's playing 35 to 40 minutes and his usage is one of the highest in the league. Pretty bad break for the Hokies again. After losing to Pitt and now losing to Syracuse, we saw that they were kind of one of those fringe teams, really needed to pull through in the final five games or so to make a run for the NCAA tournament. But losing two of those games already, you've got to think that they are out for sure. If they don't win the ACC tournament, I don't see a world where they make the NCAA tournament. It's really going to take another miraculous run in the ACC tournament up in D.C. They are going to have to win this one. Otherwise, I don't think there's any hope for them in March they just don't have the resume to back it up. They've been losing quite a bit recently, and especially on the road, they have been terrible. One and nine when they're in hostile environments. They're okay at neutral sites, so maybe they have a shot up in D.C., but when they're on the road, one and nine, they have not been the same team like we've seen at home. They've really been good at home but the second this team leaves castle 
it's trouble sometimes. So it it's going to be interesting to see how they do up in D.C. Uh, in the next two weeks. And then the women against Notre Dame. This one, a wake-up call. The ladies were on a real hot streak. They won quite a few games in a row. I believe it was nine. And losing this one to Notre Dame, it definitely hurts. Hannah Hidalgo absolutely cooked the Hokies. She was killing it all night. She's been really good offensive and defensively for the Fighting Irish, and she did it again. She Her steal numbers are ridiculous. She's averaging like five steals this year. She's easily one of the best freshmen in the country, and she's also up there in the ACC Player of the Year voting as well. So we'll see how that turns out. Her and Kitley are in the race. I think Kitley's got it over her, but this game really didn't help make that case so the first quarter pretty good start for the Hokies it was pretty even for the most part got outscored by one so Notre Dame was up one end of the first but not bad little slow start from Kitley and Amor they weren't scoring quite as much they had two each at the end of the first so not where you'd like to be but we did see the rest of the team pick up the slack for the two stars and keep them in the game, but second quarter, wow, they were flat. Second in the fourth quarter, the Hokies were quite flat. They didn't hit shots. They didn't have the oomph to get through this game. They were still a bit low in terms of the stars. Kitley and Amor, Kitley had six. Amor had seven points at the half, so not where we normally see them. Usually, at least one of them is at like 10 or 14 by then but they combined for 13 in that first half Hidalgo she had seven in the first quarter so she she's been the one doing it all for Notre Dame she is really the star player that's held this team up in the rankings I don't know where Notre Dame would be without Hannah Hidalgo but I don't think that they would be ranked now obviously we don't know that for sure but I don't think Obviously, they'd be a good team, but I don't think Notre Dame would be ranked without her playing. So just the first seven and a half minutes of that second quarter, two points in the first seven and a half minutes of quarter two. That is not where you want to see the Hokies, especially at this point in the year. Third quarter, things did start to come alive. They pulled it back a little bit, outscored Notre Dame by two in the third quarter they were shooting the deep ball well for most of the game but in the third they really started to hit from the field they shot 47 percent from the field in the third quarter and just reeled it back in a little bit they did get as close as four points to the fighting irish but they weren't able to hold it there forever they ended the quarter down six as notre dame Scored a couple points late, and then Amor hit a three right at the end. So down six going into the fourth quarter. You're not feeling too terrible, especially with the game that close after that really, really bad second quarter. You're not feeling awful, but you're not feeling too confident at this point either. So fourth quarter, wow, another cold stretch for him. Scored three points in the first six minutes. They were right there. They were right there at the end of the third, but that cold, cold start to the fourth 
it just wasn't there for Tech, and they kind of lost a grip on the game a little bit. Notre Dame, they weren't doing anything special, really, at this point. They weren't hitting many of their shots, but they hit a couple, and they grew the lead a little bit. I think this was really a big missed opportunity for Tech to capitalize while Notre Dame wasn't playing their best offensive basketball. I think they really could have tied it there, but with that cold stretch, it just kind of lost hold of the game. And, you know, Notre Dame strung a couple buckets together late and just grew the lead and kind of padded onto that a little bit as the game ended. But missed opportunity down six with Notre Dame, not their best on the offensive side, and they couldn't complete the comeback there in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame star players, Hannah Hidalgo, we said it earlier, 23 points on the night, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals. Two-way player, and she's fantastic on both sides. Those steals numbers are ridiculous for her. Then Sonia Citrin, 21 points and 5 rebounds to back up Hidalgo. Great night from her as well. You've got Maddie Westbeld, 19 points and 10 rebounds. And those three players carried almost all the scoring for the Fighting Irish. They only played seven. And I believe no one else on the floor scored more than six. So it was those three doing all the work for Notre Dame. Virginia Tech, Amor led the crew with 20. She had one block and two steals as well on the defensive side. Liz Kitley, she only had 12. Rough night from her with nine rebounds, three assists, but four blocks. Good good defensive outing from Liz Kitley. We know that she can play on that defensive side, but, man, four blocks. That is a nice night on defense down low. Matilda Eck, she had 12, three rebounds, three assists, and two steals as well. Shot pretty well from deep, two of four from behind the arc couple notes on the game the rebounding that was really poor that was one area that hurt tech specifically Notre Dame was plus 14 on the boards and plus seven in second chance points rebounding is an area that we usually see tech really strong in with the likes of Liz Kitley Clara Strack and Olivia Sumuel but they did struggle there in this one up in Indiana so rebounding was one area that really hurt them. And then the turnovers as well. They were an issue predominantly in the first half. They had seven of their ten in that first half. And that led to quite a few Notre Dame points. Not a ton, but a good amount. And it really does disrupt the flow of the offense quite a bit. So after this one, we can see that you know the ACC Player of the Year race does heat up a little bit. With Kitley not playing her best game and Hidalgo doing really, really good in this matchup and pulling the Fighting Irish to a win against the Hokies, it definitely evens out the playing field a little bit. I would still argue that Liz Kitley has it this year once again. She's been cooking in the ACC. She has several ACC Player of the Weeks in a row. Uh, so I think she's got this one in the bag, but this definitely does put a big question mark on it after this game. Uh, both of these two players are just really solid, and especially as a freshman, Hidalgo has been 
she's been amazing. I think freshman ACC Player of the Year, she's got in the bag for sure. But in terms of the outright ACC Player of the Year, it definitely puts a question mark on it. But I think Kitley's still going to get it for her third in a row. The Hokies, they did end up clinching the ACC regular season title. They already clinched the first seed in the ACC tournament with their win over UNC. So we know when they'll be playing. We don't know quite yet who they'll be playing. Virginia Tech, they get to bypass the first two rounds of the tournament in Greensboro coming up next week. So their first game will be 1.30 on March 8th on the ACC Network. They're going to be playing the winner of the 8-9 game from March 7th. So make sure you tune in for that one. We'll have to see who Tech gets matched up with. It's either going to be the 8 or the 9, whoever wins that matchup from the second round. And so Virginia Tech goes straight into the quarterfinals, and we'll see if they can make a run for the title this year once again as that one seed. But until then, we won't know exactly where the seeding sits, so we'll come back around once we have final numbers for everyone and give a little review of the ACC tournament, and we'll recap some of the men's. I'm actually going to be at the men's tournament, so I'll try and get you guys some content from there in D.C. It's going to be really fun at the Wizards home arena in the district. So going to be a great one there for the men, and we'll cover a lot of the women's as well. Just going over the seating and you know recapping all of their games. But until then, make sure you catch out the last couple games of basketball. The men have, I think, three more games, and I believe the women have one left on the slate. So make sure you catch all of those and have yourselves a fantastic weekend with Virginia Tech spring break coming up. It's going to be a little bit dead in Blacksburg if you're in town, so don't be expecting it to be packed out here. But should be a couple of good games to watch on TV, so make sure you catch those. 